Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Good morning. The band's going to be back in a bit, but you're going to get the message on Thanksgiving in two parts today. And so Pastor Dale's going to come and he'll give the first part. Going to sing some more after that. I'll give the second part of this incredible Thanksgiving Day celebration. Pastor Dale. Thanks, Pastor Nelson. It's uh, great to be with you on Thanksgiving morning. Man, Thanksgiving brings back lots of memories. I remember when I was a kid growing up, Thanksgiving was uh, a special time where our family would gather, and not just we go over to my grandparents' place, Grandpa and Grandma Jones, and my uncles would be there, my aunts, cousins. It was a big thing. And the memories, you know, the memories of, of uh, the food. Man, there's a marshmallow salad with whipped cream. I think it had fruit in it. it had coconut. And then the yams were whipped up and... There's a marshmallow topping that sits on top. Not for long, but it sat on top. Of, yeah. Anyway, the memories and the fun. The joking around. I was just a little guy. And the highlight for me was getting out and, and the food and, and with my cousins, but also with my uncles. And... Uh, playing road hockey. It always would end up in a road hockey game or a football game. When they got older, it wasn't so much football because they'd get hurt. Um, but it was memories. And at Thanksgiving, is a great time to reflect. We look forward to it all the time. And we use it to reflect. We use it to look back through the year, look back through our, our lives and be thankful. And I'm thankful. I hope you're thankful too this morning. Gratitude to the things that have happened in the sense of the goodness that God has given you, the blessings that you've been given, the friends that you have, the finances, the whole bit. Gratitude. Thankfulness. Actually, I have a quote here by Melody Beattie. This morning as we take a look at Thanksgiving and gratitude, it says this. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order. Confusion, confusion to chair, or clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude, thanksgiving when we allow it into our lives. I'm gonna take this little portion from First Thessalonians, a couple verses just to reflect on. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It starts off and it says this. It says, always be, always be joyful. In some versions it says, 
Rejoice always. What's rejoice? I mean, seriously, I'm one of those guys. Be joyful. I like that. I know what that means. But to rejoice? Rejoice. I usually stay away from people like that. Let's rejoice. I'm going, you do whatever you want to do. Rejoice, reduce, whatever you want to do, you do your... No, I'm just kidding. But be joyful. He's laying out a bunch of things here for Christians. Christians that that, uh, have accepted Christ and come into faith and say, you know what, here's some things that you need to make sure are happening in your life. Because when these things are happening in your life, you're going to have understand the fullness of the life that God so graciously has given us. And he says, be joyful. I like being around joyful people. How about you? I know that's a, that's a, that's a thing that's very important. The next part goes into never stop praying. Never stop praying. Some versions it says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I learned the value of this, but also learned the reality of this when I was in Bible school. I was down in Bible school in in, uh, uh, Eston, I almost forgot, it was so long ago. Eston, Saskatchewan. And it was a 10-hour drive, and a buddy of mine left after classes to come back here for Thanksgiving. And... Southern Saskatchewan's flat, and I know it was blizzarding out, and I was driving, and then I got tired, and then I said to my friend, okay, take over. He says, oh, yes, 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 I'll take over. Sat there, and then he goes, I'm going to pray. God just looks after us through here. He closed his eyes. I said, pull over. (laughs) I said, I'll take over. I'm wide awake. (laughs) I no longer am going to fall asleep. But the bottom line, the thing was, is we get these things in our head, prayer without ceasing, to pray continuously. You know what that is? It's not about closing your eyes and getting into it deep. It's about just talking to God. There are so many times I talk to God in my truck. In the cab. I mean, people literally think I'm probably weird down in the Okanagan. That's why I had to move back home here to Grand Prairie because you give those few years uh, so people... I'm talking... No, I'm just kidding. But you talk to God. Talk to God. It's important. But the thing I want to talk about here is very important where we're going to take the focus and it's be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Be thankful in all circumstances. It's tough. It's easy to be thankful when life's good, isn't it? It's easy to be thankful for when you go back Monday morning and you got a job. It's easy to be thankful. It's easy to be thankful 
when things are good. But what happens? Can you be thankful when there's a fender bender? When it's not your fault? But what happens if it was your fault? Can you be thankful, you know, um, if you're in an accident and it's not your fault and it's a scary situation? We have these things coming at us all the time. Life is not, life is messy, people. You know that. It's messy. We have things coming our way all the time. We have challenges. We face problems. It's almost like sometimes it's reactionary. We're living a reactionary life. How can we be thankful in all circumstances? God, why is this happening to me? Why does this, why do I got to face this? These are the things that come through our minds. They come through our chats with him. Can we be thankful if we're not in control? It's hard. Thankfulness. I find when certain circumstances hit me and I'm out of control, in the sense of control of the circumstance, I find that I'm presented with a choice. I can either be bitter or I can be better. What do I want? What do, where do I want to go with this? We can find ourselves holding on. I can find myself, myself holding on to things in my life and my life is getting fuller of stuff and holding on and these questions and anger and emotions. When we go through things, we grieve because there's change. It's just, it's tough. But what helps me? I'll tell you right now. What helps me? is having an eternal perspective. See, I really believe God has a plan for my life. And he's got a plan for everyone's life. But I have a choice. I have a choice. My choice is, do I invest in that plan that God has for my life? Do I keep that perspective? Or do I create it myself? Perspective. I got this little bit of a reading I want to read to you, and it sums it up very clear. I know better than to not trust God, some, but sometimes I forget that. When we are in the midst of an experience, it is easy to forget that there is a plan. Sometimes all we can see is today. If we were to watch only two minutes of the middle of a television program, it would make little sense. 
If we were to be, it would be a disconnected event. If we were to watch a weaver sewing a tapestry for only a few minutes and focus on only a piece of the work, it would not look beautiful. It would look like a few peculiar threads randomly placed. How often we use that same limited perspective to look at our life. Especially when we are going through a difficult time. We can learn to have perspective when you are going through those confusing, difficult learning times. When we are being pelted by events that make us feel, think, and question, we are in the midst of learning something very important. We can trust that something valuable is being worked out in us, even when things are difficult, even when we cannot get our bearings. Insight and clarity do not come until we have mastered our lesson. Faith is like a muscle. It must be exercised to grow strong. Repeated experiences of having to trust what we can't see and repeated experiences of learning to trust that things will work out are what make our faith muscle grow strong. Today I'm thankful. God walks with me. God walks with you. I'm thankful. I'm not alone. He encourages through his presence. He brings in good friends alongside. And I can be confident that his plan for my life will be completed just like his plan for yours. This quote I read, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend person that wrote this survived abandonment, kidnapping, sexual abuse, drug and alcohol addiction, divorce, and the death of a child. Thanksgiving, perspective, blessings. And Dale, great on the first part of this message. We want you to know how powerful gratitude and thankfulness is in your life. How core it is to the practice of your faith and the belief you have in an almighty God and his son, Jesus, and his spirit. Listen to this from Romans 1, which is the treatise, the deepest treatise of grace, sin, all that God has done for us. Romans is counted, we would say, the most theologically structured book in the New Testament. 
And it says in verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 20 is a culmination of things that have been put forward by Paul to explain that God has revealed himself so completely clearly to us so that no one is without excuse. Nobody has it. An excuse to say, I really have a factual belief that there is no God. It just means your blindness is deepest when you get to that place. Based upon the fact of this common knowledge of God, it leaves all mankind with a response. And that response is critical, absolutely critical to what God is able to do in you, for you, through you. There are two great evils that are represented in that verse 21. The first is they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. They knew him. They had knowledge. You know, there's this general knowledge and awareness of God all over this planet. You can travel around the globe and you're going to find some form of worship of some deity, this practice. Because as man throughout the millennia have looked at the creation around them, they have known that there must be a creator. There must be somebody that stands behind that and has put his stamp upon it. Two great evils. The first evil is knowledge but wrong response. Knowledge but wrong response. Would you listen to this question very carefully? Would you say that a walk in nature is different than a walk in creation? Just think about it for a minute. With the word nature, we find something that is disconnected actually from God. But when you use the word creation, you have now moved into a place where I know the bigger story behind what I'm experiencing on this walk. We changed names. We used to always say that. It was always part of the English language, creation. Enjoy creation. Going to go out there and enjoy it. Immediately that speaks to the presence of the creator. But now it's all nature. And nature in itself is where we have many pantheistic types of beliefs. Even making nature and all that is in it a deity, an idol. This particular portion of scripture says they glorify him not as God. They knew him as God. They glorified him not as God. More or less they didn't give him his right place. They disconnected him from the creation. And in disconnecting him from the creation, they now could become the creator. Nature itself could be something of a deity to them. 
which is the practice of many people, even very currently, extremely, in fact, in our world today. Listen to that portion of Scripture out of the message version. Open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. What happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion. So that there was that, so that there was that neither sense nor direction left in their lives. See, the fact is, it's in your notes, there are many who know God, but they never glorify him as God by submitting themselves and yielding up their bodies to be instruments of his glory. In the book of Job, we find in his life, no matter what he went through, this was a very strong response in his life. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed, that's a place of worship. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If I know God and yet I live for my own profit, for my own honor, for my own comfort, then I do not glorify God as God. When the Lord is glorified as God, we yield ourselves to his control without a murmur. And now for the bigger sin. The one that proves that you've disconnected God from your existence even though you have a knowledge of him. Knowing God and connecting him in that intimate, surrendered way is a totally different package. You can know. But you're not connected this way. And here is the revelation of it. It says, neither were thankful. They weren't thankful. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Why is that such a big deal? Because thankfulness is worship. Thankfulness is honoring God. Thankfulness reveals that you have an intimate connection to God. Thankfulness is the intimacy of that connection. It's not just a logical connection made through your assessments of what's around you or assessments even of biblical truth. It's that you are now intimately connected to him and you got this thankfulness towards God. Gratitude is perhaps the biggest needed thing in all of a Christian's life because you are on nothing but the receiving end of the good things of God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above or the Father in heaven. You have so much that he has blessed you with. Unthankfulness is a sin. It's a sin to be unthankful for which there is no excuse when it is attended with knowledge that we have. To be unthankful is not just some little condition uh, of life without any kind of serious ramifications. 
It is a revelation of a lack of intimacy. It is a revelation of a sinful breach with God, a connection that is missing and one that you are not honoring appropriately in our lives. Here are some practices of unthankfulness. A lack of gratitude and thankfulness for mercies already given you. You've already received so much from God. Your very life, your very day, your very time. The energies of your walking in health today, that is a gift. You have so much that you have received. When you ponder about Thanksgiving a little bit this weekend, don't see it as a little add-on onto your life. This is the core of your connection with God. Because he is the source of all things good for you. Lack of gratitude and thankfulness for things you've already got. The list you would make up very quickly today. I'm thankful for Another practice of unthankfulness is dwelling on what they have not got. When all that we can dwell on or think about is what we haven't received or what we don't have. That's where Job is such an amazing example of this, where he had lost it all. He didn't actually really dwell on that. In fact, it came back to God is God, God is sovereign, and blessed be his name. We often are focused on what we haven't got. But if I get that, I would be thankful. We have lost a connection to the acts and the works of God in our history, in our life, from our very birth, our very first cry coming out of our mothers. And his nurture all along our life. Another way of practicing unthankfulness is complaining about the hard times. Dale already addressed this very well. We all go through hard things. Life isn't easy. And when we are complaining about the hard things we're going through, again, this is an unthankfulness. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you've given him your life, then you have heaven waiting for you. You will go through hard things in life. The complaining spirit is a spirit uh, is atheistic in its sense. Another practice of unthankfulness is never sharing with others the story of God's goodness in our life. When you have people over, you get that 10 minutes in and just say, this is how God has been so good to me. Celebrating together what he's done for you maybe most recently. Sharing about how God's goodness is represented within your life. Or is it all about what you don't have or what you're going through that's hard? Unthankfulness is sin. Or even just the basis of singing of God's praises. I have a neighbor out where I live, and he gets on his ride. He's got a lot of grass, <clears throat> and he's cutting his grass, and here's what he's doing as he's cutting his grass. He's just singing at the top of his lungs, okay? He's got his earmuffs on for, for music, and he's singing along. 
How many know that when you put music on your ears and you cover it up, you can never sing on tune out here? I didn't say it was a pretty sound. But every time I'm out there and I hear this going on, I get this great big smile in my, on my face simply because of this. I know this guy's heart is just filled with some joy. Another way you can practice unfaith, unthankfulness is this. Substance in your life, but never out. You are not a channel, you are a down. God pours in good things, but it never, good things never get through you. Your time, your energy, your money, it never really gets through you. Everything's just kind of coming in. That's what you describe as the Dead Sea, by the way. Water coming in, no channel out. Perhaps you did not think it was so bad, unthankfulness. But it is absolutely horrible. And the foundation for the worst in your life. It will give you the worst attitudes. It will preserve the worst memories. It will interpret them in the worst way. It will see every current and past situation in the worst of lights. Darkness will invade in your thoughts and your meditations about your life and your future out of that bitter shrinking spirit will never look bright, will never look ahead that you could say, God is good and he's going to be good tomorrow. Here's the results of these two sins in life. Wrong response and not being thankful. 121 at the back end of the verse, it says they became vain, empty, selfish, self-centered in their imaginations. Just empty, no content. And their foolish heart was darkened. Folks, when we leave the inspiration of the Bible and the infallibility of the Spirit of God who wrote it, where will you go? You're going to make up all kinds of things. Today, we got a doctrine a minute almost. You've got emerging thoughts on religion and when nature is that which rules, we can pick and choose what we want and make this our God. And you find that this kind of empty, emptiness tries to get filled with all these wrong kinds of idols in our life. There is absolute truth and there's absolute love and it's found in Jesus Christ who is God's only son. And the Bible is the great revelation of this plan and this purpose. And now he has called a people that he has put his Holy Spirit in to be his own. Those that will receive the plan, the purpose, the son of the living God. Without these boundaries, we open ourselves to all sorts of empty imaginations. You can create and come up with the weirdest ideas on your existence, why you exist, what you're here for, selfish intentions, all of the different stuff. There's no end to it. We see that today big time. Because we have a nation, we have a, 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 a people that have left this connection of God to creation to us. And now it's just nature, undefined, some experience without any intention, plan, or strategy. 
It says that we actually bring ourselves down in value when we do that. And then we are not thankful. We don't connect the blessings of God in our present to God who exists and he has providence over all. He has sovereignty over all. When a nation does that, they are disconnecting God from what they are blessed with and it will change. It will go through exactly what he's saying individuals will hear. We go into all kinds of sins then. All you have to do is read on. See, an unthankful spirit at its base is an atheistic spirit, which means we are able to create whatever God we wish and whatever lifestyle we wish stamped by that God's approval that we have self-created, which means there is no bottom to how far and how deep our sin can go. We can create our own God, which will stamp it as okay. There is no holiness to attend to. There is no absolute truth to adhere to. What's our road back? Return to honoring God and being thankful. Unthankfulness is a great sin, a core sin. Honor him today through confession. If there are things in your life to get right or if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept him today. Receive the package of God. Connect God to your life through the plan and purpose that he has placed in Christ. Do that through confession. And then accepting pardon through the blood of Jesus. Pardon for my sins. Because there is absolute truth and absolute God and absolute deity. And how do you do that? By asking his spirit to renew your mind and then yielding your full self to his gospel. Have you forgotten him? Then remember him. Today, if you've forgotten him, do you go through a week and hardly think of him? And yet everything you get and everything you have and the air you're breathing is a gift. Have you neglected him? Then seek him. Seek him. Have you offended him? Then grieve before him. I've lived like a self-made man, Lord. See, thankfulness is not just a Sunday in October. It is the core practice of those who have God at front and center of their lives. And recognize that even a walk outside is a walk in his creation. And you see the picture in behind. It's not nature. It is creation.
You need to be able to glorify God and be thankful for everything, even if what you take up for your Thanksgiving dinner is a bit of bread and just some cold water. And by the way, that would be the case around the world in many instances. But if you have an attitude of saying, hey, I got a piece of bread and I got some cold water and I have Christ too, wow! The story of an old preacher finding that all there was for dinner was a potato and a herring for him and his family, thanking God that he had, he thanked God that he had ransacked sea and land to find food for his children. Such a sweet spirit, folks, is free. It's free. It brings cheerfulness, it brings joy, it brings peace. Be like the prodigal son who on one morning realized what crazy decisions he had made. When your senses come to you, like his did, get up. Realize what a great father you have waiting, arms wide open, and return to him. Be very thankful. And be thankful. Praise God for the common things you receive that are the blessings you receive on a daily basis. Are you thankful you couldn't walk today? Are you thankful you can still talk? Are you thankful for the reason that has given you? Are you thankful for your existence? How about for his grace? Or how about an open Bible where you receive real truth that won't change? Are you thankful for the preaching of God's word? Are you thankful for the Lord who instills in you a conscience that he can direct you right, wrong, and show you in his word why? Then you join with the psalmist who said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So folks, bless him for his son today. Bless him for his spirit. Bless him for his fatherhood over your life. Bless him that you are his child. Bless him for what you have received. Bless him for what he has promised to give. Bless him for the past. Bless him for the present. Bless him for the future. Bless him in every way, for everything at all times and in all places. Let all that is within you bless his holy name. Oh, be thankful. Be thankful. Would you stand with me, please? Father, as we just bow our heads before you in this moment, I just pray at this time you'd be speaking to just hearts, Lord, all of ours. Mine, Lord, you've so impressed on me how important thankfulness is and how unthankfulness is one of those subtle sins, but they're horrible sins. Father, I pray there be even some cries in hearts today before we come and receive communion that says, I have been unthankful, forgive me. 
Let there be feet and legs that turn and run towards home where Father is saying, hey, I'm here. Thank you for the grace that you instill into our life every day. Father, even when we, it seems like there's nothing to be thankful for, we have everything to be thankful for because we have you. And I pray there just be some real shifts in our heart today. And that we would run from the sin of unthankfulness and practice the joy of thankfulness and then receive the freedom that that brings. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, every head, every bow, head bowed and just quiet in this moment here. There are certain moments that just have a sanctity to them and this is one of those. If you've never received Christ, I don't believe you're here by accident this morning. I'm going to ask you to open your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord on this Thanksgiving day. And to begin the journey of faith that would be the greatest blessing of your life and will give you life to come, everlasting. Borrow this little prayer in the quietness of your heart. You would say, Father, this day I am thankful that you love me. I am thankful that you sent Jesus to show me your love. I am thankful that through his death, you offer us forgiveness and life. So I confess that I am a sinner. I confess I am far from you. But I thank you that you are not far from me. And I ask you to come into my life and be the savior of my life. I ask you to teach me now in a journey of living out a life of gratitude and thankfulness as I follow you. If you're a believer here today, you might have a similar prayer. It might be, Father, I'm home. Knock, knock. I repent of the sin of unthankfulness and I receive with gratitude the table of the Lord. The broken body, the shed blood, which was personally delivered to my life when I accepted you. For that I am thankful. Bless this time of communion, I pray, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call, 780-539-0572, or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.